Today, Mike Fiddle and I will be breaking down the weekend schedule, having a look at some stream targets, changing it up a little bit from our regular format. Uh, this is going to be fun. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. I think you've become bad. Almost as if something is moving below us. Act a little peculiar and you're an outsider. Perhaps you've always been bad. We are programmed to bring you a live broadcast from the ones to funk, but now resurrected lost hearts. Don't you feel it? Brego. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. I am your host, Adam King, at AdamKing91 on Twitter, joined, as always, by Michael Fiddle, at FiddlesPicks on Twitter. Uh, normally, we're doing this, we're recording it. This is the usual time that we record it, but we look at the week ahead. Uh, we thought we'd go live today, change it up, and have a look at the weekend schedule. So starting with tonight's games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then including Monday as well, because that is often a good way of picking up a, an extra game for the upcoming matchup. Uh, Mike. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. You told me we were going live. I promised I would be in a suit and tie. Unfortunately, didn't get to the dry cleaners this morning, so I couldn't bring the suit. So I apologize. No, uh, I don't even own a suit. I don't. <laughs> I don't think. Oh no, maybe I do. It's somewhere in a cupboard. I never wear it. Um, I don't have to wear those sorts of clothes for work. So that's that's good. So t-shirts it is, uh, which is formal enough, I think. Just right. talking fantasy basketball. Should we be in jerseys? Uh, we, we could be in jerseys. Um, maybe next week we'll, we'll pull out a jersey. We'll collaborate uh, and, and come up with some sort of a theme. I've got, I don't know how many jerseys I've got. Maybe I've got 25, 30. I'm not sure. I've got a few. So I definitely don't have enough, but that would be a, that would be a fun concept to do. All right. Let's aim for next week. We'll come up with, a, with an idea uh, for that. All right. So uh, as I said, we're going to have a look at the stream targets starting with tonight's game. So we want to get going because games tip off in about uh, 90 minutes or so. Um, so the schedule in terms of high volume, low volume, it's pretty balanced for the next four days. We've got eight games tonight, eight games tomorrow, six games on Sunday and eight games on Monday. So no real high volume, low volume days. So there's likely you'll be able to stream most of those days. There might maybe on the on the eight game nights you might have a full roster but i know for me for instance i don't think any of my rosters are full tonight i think i've got at least one empty roster spot that i'd be that i can stream into um three and four so teams that have three games in four nights as i said including monday we've got atlanta boston charlotte orlando philly phoenix and san antonio and then teams uh on the flip side that have only one game in the next four days so teams that you probably don't need to be paying too much attention to in terms of streaming. Dallas, Golden State, New Orleans, New York, Oklahoma, uh, Sacramento and Utah. And I've, I've popped an asterisk there next to the Warriors because uh, we're actually not sure what their schedule looks like now for the next few days. Um, their, their game two days ago against Utah was postponed tonight against Dallas, I think is postponed. We'll see. Um, it's sort of an open-ended situation at the moment. Um, so, yeah, a bit, bit t tricky to, to stream anyone from the Warriors. Um, anything to add before we move into players and, and who we're targeting? 
No, I just think it's worth discussion that next week, as we get further into the week, I know we're looking this weekend into the turn of the week, into the start of next week, week 15. I mean, no, week 14. But if we look towards like the entirety of week 14, there's really only one high volume day and it's Saturday with 10 games. So if you're attacking a waiver wire and doing smart pickups like a three games in four that scoops up a Monday, Tuesday, you're going to get an advantage going in through the rest of the week. It's a pretty low volume week next week in general. So targeting an early week waiver wire or a weekend pickup that correlates with an early week game is a very smart idea. All right. Very good. Let's move to the first slide. Looking at the team. So these are the teams that have three games in four nights, as I alluded to earlier. Now, we we had trouble coming up with players from Atlanta uh, to stream in, but Trey Young has been ruled out tonight um, with an illness. A lot of players seem to have illness, uh, some sort of illness, whether it's the same thing and it's just sweeping through the league. I'm not sure, but uh, I know Anthony Simons is also questionable tonight with I feel like he was sick like two weeks ago and missed a few games because he was sick. So, yeah, interesting situation um, with all the illness going around. But I've just thrown in some of their guards here, um, Garrison Matthews, Kobe Bufkin, Trent Forrest. I couldn't promise that any of these guys are going to play big minutes. Uh, Bogdanovich probably gets a bump because Trey's not there, so he'll do more. Uh, DeJounte Murray gets a bump, obviously, because he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Uh, which I'm happy with because I have him in a, a league where, where I need stats uh, today from him. Um, and obviously with some trade rumours floating around, they're, they're just a team to watch over the next one to two weeks um, as we get closer to the trade deadline. Uh, I think I saw rumours this morning that DeJounte is a possible target for Milwaukee as well. They've sort of joined that queue of teams who are interested uh, in him. Thoughts on on the Murray trade? Like, I mean, this seems like it, it's probably going to happen at some point. Yeah, he just posted on his Instagram story a picture of the Miami Heat rafters and all the retired jerseys in Miami. Mm. Uh, I don't know what to make of it, but that's <laughs> abnormal for an Atlanta Hawks player to do that. So I think uh, look for yeah. DeJounte Murray to be traded. And the main reason why we were talking before we got on and went live is to put Bufkin or Forrest or throw in Patty Mills or Garrison Matthews. The reason why we're targeting maybe some Atlanta Hawks guards and use tonight as a good microcosm to diagnose the way that this might go. See who plays in in Trey Young's absence to know who might replace in DeJounte yeah. Murray's absence. Of course, it will depend on the returning pieces, but it looks closer and closer like the DeJounte Murray trade is going to happen. Uh, definitely he seems willing for it. It definitely seems like other teams want it. It's just a matter of, is Atlanta Hawks going to kind of eat the dead weight of that trade that they previously made? Adam, you know the Hawks still haven't given a single one of the picks to the Spurs for that trade yet. Like, they still owe two yeah. first-round picks unprotected and a swap in between. Like, it is terrible. So they are going to have to swallow some just dead picks and, and to get off of it, try and recoup whatever they can get back. But look for Patty Mills, Forrest Matthews. I quickly did something really smart. I jumped on a DFS optimizer because I sneakily have access to those things. Mm -hmm. And I plugged in tonight's game to see who they thought was going to get the biggest bump with Trey Young's absence. And it's of the players that are probably not owned or potentially not owned. Sadiq Bey gets the biggest bump. 
Okay. Uh, he's probably rostered. He's probably on that bubble where maybe in a shallow league he's not rostered or maybe he's on a waiver because he's been dropped recently. Good schedule and the trade pending uh, possibilities. Sadiq Bey should definitely be owned. The guard that they gave the biggest boost was Patty Mills and from a okay. DFS perspective. So if he's going to be the guy to replace some stats, then uh, maybe Quinn Snyder, who maybe overlapped in the Spurs with Patty Mills years ago, uh, might rely on him. Yeah, he, he could. I think there was a, an instance earlier in the season, now that you bring that up, where Mills uh, played meaningful minutes when one of these guys was out. It was probably Trey Young. But um, that's interesting about the Miami um, Instagram post. with the with the with And I was as you mentioned it, I was thinking in my head, who might come back? Is he a good fit? And I, I think they do need a point guard because Kyle Lowry is not it um, anymore. So... Tyler Hero, I suppose, is the, the name that comes to mind as someone that might come back. And if he did, I, I mean, I, I don't know. If he did, I think he'd be really nice alongside Trey Trey Young. But um, I don't not. know. Who do you think might come you back? I think Miami would want to keep Hero. I think it would I be. I would think so, yeah. 100% Lowry's in the deal for contract purposes. It's probably picks based because of the picks that Atlanta has already shed. So you'd have to think it's got to be Lowry picks. And then are you accruing one good young guy? Like, Hawkes is not going to be touched, but is it Haywood no. Highsmith? You know, is Maybe. it – I mean, I feel like Atlanta's already deep with those random fours that could just slide in and out, whether it's Okongwu or Jalen Johnson or Bay or A.J. Griffin, who doesn't even get minutes. So, uh, I don't know. It'd be a hard package to consider, but look for Miami to get in the sweepstakes too, whether that's Milwaukee, the Lakers – uh, I hear Brooklyn Nets are on the yep. phone for DeJounte Murray yep. and now Miami. So let's see where this ends up. Yeah, yeah. We might have more to talk about next week. We'll see. Um, yeah. That Siakam trade went down pretty quickly from when we we sort of heard the rumours of him to Indiana. It happened within about 24 hours. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, on to Boston. Now, they have a back-to-back, obviously. If you've got three games in four nights, you're going to have a back-to-back there somewhere. So Horford will sit one of those games. But I've popped him on this list just because there's a chance that Porzingis also sits one of those games, given he's still got that the the sort of the calf thing and, and they want to manage him a little bit. So there's a chance Horford starts one of those games in the back-to-back and he can sort of do enough sometimes uh, when they're healthy. Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser, and Luke Cornett um, because he will probably step in and play backup centre minutes when Horford is out and... Maybe they rest them both on the same night. Who knows? It's, it's a little hard to project. But um, they're my Boston guys. Anyone else for you from Boston? Usual suspects here. Boston yep. has a back-to-back. That means Al Horford does not have a back-to-back. And yep. then pick your poison with what do you need. You need rebounds and blocks and field goal percentage. You go Cornette. You need uh, as many points as possible. You go Pritchard. You need threes. You go Hauser. So, uh being towards the weekend, you should know what categories you need to target and you should be able to choose from those guys. The three games and four makes it valuable. It does. Uh, same for Charlotte. Uh, now, I've, I've popped Nick Richards on here, but I'm assuming he's rostered. But I feel like having listened to some podcasts over the last few days, he's, he's the percentage of teams he's rostered on is actually a lot lower than you'd think. So um, if for some reason he's available because the, the language coming out of Charlotte regarding Mark Williams is not good. Um, we've spoken about this 
previously you you are familiar with back injuries and how tricky they can be and it's they've basically said that Williams isn't returning anytime soon um I don't know what are your thoughts on on that situation like is there a chance Williams is done for the season have you seen the Hornets record I have seven <laughs> seven wins and uh, yeah, I would say there's got to be a chance. We, we don't have a strong upcoming draft, but there is literally no reason for the Hornets to bring back someone who they think could be part of their future if he's got back problems that could linger. I mean, we've seen this quite a few times in the NBA. It seems like a good example of overcoming them is Michael Porter Jr., knock on wood. He's been playing mm-hmm. well. Uh, you, they're tricky. So yeah, Nick Richards should be owned. He's also a sneaky trade candidate. So I think a trade could really ruin his value. But if a contending team needs a rebounding and rim running big, he might be uh, someone that they look at. I've heard his name in those rumors too. Uh, PJ Washington, who came back from injury recently himself and, and hasn't been great. He could be floating around, someone worth looking at. Uh, and then I've popped in Martin there as well. Um and that's Cody Martin. I'm I'm right there, aren't I? I always get them wrong. Cody Martin, um, who look, he'll get you some defensive stuff. He he gets he plays decent minutes. He's not super appealing, but if you just need to fill a roster spot, I think he's worth considering. Um, Orlando, quite a lot of streaming value here. Now I've led the list, or I've wait, 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 Adam, I got interrupted. Yep. yep. Brandon Miller ruled in for tonight's game, three games in four days. Uh, Charlotte banged up. I think Gordon Hayward's out. Trade rumors swirling around a guy like Terry Rozier. Is Brandon Miller a potential pickup and stash for the rest of the season? Yeah, look, if, if he's available, uh, he he was probably rostered in a lot of leagues before his injury, and then right. he yeah, was dropped. He's available in mine, which is why I'm wondering. Yeah. So so yeah. If he's if he's available, certainly. Um, why not? I mean, as you said, their their roster, their uh, their standings, like their where they sit in the standings, is is terrible. They're not winning games. They want to see what what he can do. So they'll roll him out there. Um, Gigi but, Jackson or Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller, I think. Um, I I just think his floor is safer. Uh, we saw yesterday that Gigi Jackson sort of bottomed out after that career best performance. He was then the other end of the spectrum in the next game where, where I think um, Brandon Miller is a little bit safer. I think he's the minutes are there. If he's healthy, um, he can sort of do what he wants. He's he's free to, to run wild. Um, Orlando. Now I've put Markel Fultz. If he's available now, this is a guy that I've been pretty high on all season and I've, and I, Kept him in my IR spot despite the lack of communication from Orlando. And he, he came back and he wasn't great, but he played 30 minutes in their last game. He closed the game. I think they want to get him back into the starting lineup. I'm not sure whether have they announced their starting lineup. Okay, so he's not starting tonight. Um, but I still think he's... I'd probably consider him must roster, but I'm a little bit of a. I'm probably more on that side where I like Fultz. I want him to be rostered. Would you consider him must roster, or are we still sort of just waiting a little bit to see what his role looks like? I don't think he's must roster because 
the besides Franz, the rest of this team suddenly just got healthy again. So yeah. they're kind of it's kind of like the Mavericks, like we talked about last week. They're all going to eat at each other's usage and output. So like Cole Anthony is is playing, Suggs playing, uh, Ant- uh, Anthony Black is going to get some minutes too. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is back. That's going to eat a lot of the points usage and take away from the scoring punch of a guard. Fultz should play well with those u- units, but how big is his opportunity share? probably not going to be that high especially once Franz comes back and they get the full team healthy so I think he's a good stream candidate for a three and four he's probably out there because he's been frustrating for the people that have been holding on to him for a while I don't think he's must roster and then you've mentioned a couple of these names that I've got here Wendell Carter Cole Anthony Joe Ingles Gogo Badadze and um Cope Houston and yeah, look, the center rotation's been a little bit weird the last few games. Patadze is still starting. Wagner was out of the rotation. Carter has looked better. He's had a couple of productive games, offensively at least. Um, Cole Anthony is sort of up and down. We know who he is. Joe Ingles will get you some assists and threes. Uh, Houston will get you threes. So, as you said, they're all sort of just getting healthy at the same time. And so we don't know what their rotation is going to look like. If you had to, not counting Fultz, because we've sort of chatted about him, but if you're looking at those five other names or anyone else that you might think, would there be a preference there for you in terms of uh, hierarchy of who we're targeting? Uh, Cole Anthony, he's going to have the most consistent output. Again, it's a what do you need? If you need this, you're going to go Fultz or even Ingles if you need assists, but you're – Guard spots are full. So even make sure to look at your roster, right? Who do you have in these games? Is your guard spots going to be full one day? Probably not because we only have six and eight volume games. But then go over to Joe Ingles so you can get assists from a forward position. I do think, Adam, the reason why Orlando has been doing these wonky big rotations is for one simple reason. Goga Batadze has to be another person that they're trying to up the trade value for hmm. and send, send him to who needs a rim protector, who needs a rebounder. Could the Knicks look to upgrade and use a Batadze behind a Hartenstein because they're without Mitchell Robinson? Could, and Preston Achua hasn't been, you know, filling that role great. Could the Clippers look for one more big behind Zubac and because Tice is overperforming and Plumlee's just getting back, could they look for one more? Is it the Oklahoma City Thunder who are a little over-reliant on Chet Holmgren at the five? and could use a Gogo Patadze to just bring some size off the bench in case there's foul trouble or in case it's a matchup preference, in case you go against, you know, the Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns combo. So look for Goga to actually be shipped out, and then that might be a reason to talk about Orlando again and sneaking up some more value. But for now, it's kind of a wasteland. Yeah, and I do think that's interesting and about the thunder that you talk there, their need for a backup centre because they really don't have one at the moment, not a not a reliable one. Um, they've got the other Jalen Williams who can play centre. But, yeah, someone like a Batadze would just take some of that pressure off Chet. And I think we've seen in the last two, three weeks, Chet has scaled back his production a little bit. Um, he's still been really good. Top 60, I think, from memory over the last couple of weeks. But... Um, yeah, just watching him on the court. I watched their game yesterday, I think it was, uh, and he's looking a little bit passive offensively. There were a few moments there where it looked like he had the shot and he he passed it off. Um, 
So I don't know whether that's a little bit of a confidence thing. He's not hitting his threes at the same rate. Uh, obviously, he's got a lot of talent around him. Jalen Williams is supposedly the best shooter in the world now. Um, so, yeah, I think a backup centre in Oklahoma would be a really smart move given they want to go deep into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think we talk about rookie wall. And for a guy like Chet, who had a season off, who played in college when you're playing 35 games, space, more spaced out, who is asked to be a five-man in the West with the, the presence around him. The question for OKC isn't, do they need a big? It's, do they need a starting caliber big to pair mm-hmm. next to Chet? Or do they just need a backup? Do they go for a guy like Jared Allen or Clint Capella and try and kind of swing bigger? Or do they just be okay with a Goga Patazde and a Daniel Tice or Plumlee type of role? I'd like to see them go the Patazde route, and I think he's available. But we can move on. Yeah, I, I do. I, and, and I think, yeah, we will move on. But I do think, like, Patazze sh- has shown over the last month, six weeks, that he, he can run with the starters. He's not a yeah. he's not a difference maker as such, but he's solid enough. He's a good rim protector, so you could theoretically play Chet alongside him. Um, on to Philly. There's never a lot when they're healthy. There's not a lot of streaming value. I've, I've popped in Kelly Oubre if he's available and you need points. Pat Beverly for some defensive stuff and Batum, really just if you need to fill a centre spot if you're in a two-centre league or something like that. He can get you some threes and some steals. Um, his upside is pretty limited at this point. Uh, anyone else in Philly? Uh, Paul Reed when the random... Embiid games misses, but he doesn't even really miss games. I'm looking at their injury report now. No. I mean, no. If maybe Melton when he comes back. Yep. Nothing, nothing too interesting with Philly. Uh, much the same for Phoenix at the moment, actually, because they're healthy. Um, Eric Gordon, who's on this list every week. Uh, Josh Okogie <laughs> and Shemezi Metu. Um, I, I would have had... Um, oh, Grayson Allen. No, well, no, I'm not. Yeah, Grayson Allen, he's rostered. He he's rostered. He's got to be. Yeah, rostered. he graduated. We we sent him warm wishes. I, <laughs> I check in with him every few weeks. I yeah, say, hey, me and Adam are doing the show. We're very happy for you. We're not mentioning you as a waiver wire candidate. We are still talking about your friend Eric. We hope one day he joins you. But congratulations on your graduation, Grayson Allen. Uh, yes, it was Drew Eubanks who I was thinking of there. So he was their, yeah. their backup center, but they've they've sort of they're going with different options now. Chimezi Medu has been pretty good um, playing that role at times. So yeah, of these three, Gordon is the obvious one. If you just need some points and threes, he can go off. Uh, Josh Okogi, if you need defensive stuff, um, not a lot else in, in Phoenix, I don't think. Um, now we haven't. We're not really talking about the paces, but I've just seen Woj has just tweeted that Halliburton and Siakam are both playing tonight. So um, pretty incredible as we speak. Adam, thank you for the note. <laughs> pretty incredible, given how serious that injury looked to Tyrese Halliburton. We 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 thought he might have been done for the for the year. Um, we'll talk about the paces shortly because I've got a few paces guys on the next slide that I want to. Um, chat about. So we'll just go on to the Spurs quickly. Now, Zach Collins is probable for tonight with a view to him then not playing tomorrow when Benyama is out tonight, but he will play tomorrow. So 
I don't know whether this is a pattern that's going to form here with with back-to-backs where they're going to rest one of them and play the other one for the foreseeable future. Um, But Zach Collins was probably dropped in a lot of leagues. So I'd certainly be looking at him tonight um, if if he's cleared to play and Wemby's not playing. Um, Even if he only plays 22, 23 minutes, he should be able to do enough to have value. Uh, I've popped in Champagne, Osman and Branham who are all pretty low on the pecking order in terms of streaming. Um, Collins would be the intriguing one for me there. Uh, Thoughts on San Antonio? I think Collins is worth scooping back up. I think uh, if he was dropped, go grab him. We know Wemby's not going to play back-to-backs. Are these that we're still on the three games in three games in four days? So one of this is going to be a back-to-back in some regard in here. So you're going to have a Wemby absence coming. Um, it says he's going to start on Friday tonight. So I think he's a candidate right now to pick up and get him in. And I think he was sold too low. I think everyone was too out on him being a drop guy when he started getting a little less minutes. I think he's not going to get as much run next to Wembenyama, but he's back in the starting rotation. So we need to take advantage of that. He could completely fill a box score, kind of like a Kelly Olynyk, but he's getting more opportunity. Big fan of Zach Collins right now. In fact, Adam, I have him on my IL plus and I could mm-hmm. drop somebody to activate him. You can't drop uh, Vince Williams, right? No, I don't think so. What about Neesmith? Uh, I wouldn't um, just because I think with, Siakam there now. Neesmith needs to be playing decent minutes for for his defensive ability. So I probably wouldn't, um, but maybe that I, I'd consider that one. Um, whereas Williams, I think you need to hold on to. All right, let me ask you a philosophical question: Should players on the Mavericks and the Warriors be eligible for IL plus because of the postponement of the game? Uh, because that's my know. reason I can't move Kyrie into IL plus. Yeah, I I don't know. I would I would say yes. Uh, IL plus. I don't know. IL plus. I think I think they should be. Um, I'm just having a look at whether they can be in. Uh, uh, so they can't be even in fan tracks, and fan tracks are pretty liberal with their. Um, sort of the, the options of who you can move into their IR spot. It's it's generally if there's any word of an injury or an absence, you can. Right. But it doesn't yeah, look like... Decisions, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Let's talk to Dan Titus and see. He's the Yahoo man. Um, <laughs> tell him that that he needs to pull some strings and make it so that we can move these guys in. Listen, uh, Dan listens to this show twice. Once in full speed, once in half speed, so he really gets everything. So I'm yeah, sure here. Yeah, I'll message him after and tell him to listen in. Um, all right, weekend stream targets. So this is players based on categories. I thought this might be something we could look at uh, a little bit different from what we usually do as well. Um, and these are just if you're chasing certain categories this weekend or over the next four days. I haven't included players that only have one game. So all of these players have two or three games. There's some doubling up uh, players that we've talked about already. 
Starting with points, uh, I've gone with Alec Burks, Benedict Mather, and Wendell Carter, Marvin Bagley. God, here we are, Marvin Bagley, and Norm Powell, if he's um, available. We chatted about Carter. Alec Burks, I mean, we've had, it's been the same story for years with Alec Burks. You, you stream him in, you get some points, he goes cold, you drop him. Um, interested to get your take on Marvin Bagley because he was pretty good yesterday in his Wizards debut. Gafford is out with a concussion. Uh, am I right in putting Bagley on this list? It, it feels yuck, but I think I'm right. Let me answer your question with a question. It's like, would you say the same about like Patrick Williams when he has one randomly really good game? Or it's, it's, I feel like we've seen this show before. It's just a matter of do we want to fall for it again? Mm-hmm. Uh, Someone called me yesterday and goes, Marvin Bagley looks like the Wizards' third best player. And he's like, I don't know if that's good for him or bad for the Wizards or what to make of it, but he looks like their legitimate third option. And I said, who's their first and second? So uh, maybe from stat sets, he could put up stats in fantasy. There's always good stats, bad team guys. If he's going to get this minute share while Gafford's out, 39 minutes, is that just because he's playing really well that game or is it because he's got that opportunity anyone in the nba who's getting 39 minutes especially at a big position where you could just gobble up rebounds and dunk the ball should easily be owned in fantasy of course three turnovers over five from the free throw line so he is going to sink you in some other ways kind of a sneaky good uh points league guy yep yeah yeah that's he is built for points leagues um much like an rj barrett um or yeah, a lot of guys on this list, Alec Burks. Yeah. So so some options there if you do need some points. Um, looking at assists, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, this is where I wanted to talk about the paces. Dennis Smith Jr., Spencer Dinwiddie, who seemed to be their minutes seemed to be going back and forth a little bit. Um, Dinwiddie had sort of moved or seemed to have fallen out of favor a little bit, but then in the last game. He, he played well. So it does appear as though this is going to be reliant on how well Dinwiddie is playing. If he's playing well, they're going to use him, close with him. If he's struggling, they're okay to sort of bring in Dennis Smith Jr. and let him play that role and close the games. So both can have value for assists. Luke Kennard, uh, who's potentially rostered in a lot of leagues now, but if he's available, he's more you're more picking him up for points and threes. But he started at point guard in their last game and and he has flashed a little bit of playmaking upside in the past when he was in Detroit, uh, especially earlier in his career. Um, Ayo Desunmu, I've popped in here as well. Levine, uh, I think, I don't know, he did something yesterday. I wasn't watching the Bulls game. I know that I know that he had a, an injury. If it sticks, if it hangs around, maybe Desunmu. And then TJ McConnell, who... Obviously went off yesterday, had 20 and 10. And with Halliburton back, I think people are just going to go, okay, McConnell's done, drop him, grab someone else. But before you go and do that, Andrew Nembhard is out again tonight. And he's out with, yeah, you might be able to explain what this is, thoracic spine sprain, which to me sounds bad. Like It doesn't sound like a good injury. But if Nembhard is going to miss time here, McConnell is going to play the backup and could get 20 minutes. I mean, you can play him alongside Halliburton. They're going to ease Halliburton in, I would assume. He's not going to come out and play 34 minutes right away. 
So I think McConnell could have a little bit of value, especially for streaming purposes, even beyond this week. Halliburton's also coming off of a hamstring injury, which if anyone watches NFL football, that's the most recurring muscle injury you could possibly ask for. So to jump the gun on dropping McConnell, probably not a smart idea. He's playing in a few hours. He's probably going to be on a minutes restriction coming off a soft tissue injury. It's something that could easily come back. So uh, don't drop TJ yet. Let it, let it get a few games before you get some stat set and some Halliburton at full minutes to really consider. Uh, there's a lot of ways I could go about responding to this, Adam. Uh, Spence, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. versus Dinwiddie. I think Dinwiddie's also very much on the trade block. I think that Dinwiddie-Dorian Finney-Smith combo, very eligible for teams to come in and swoop, very good contracts to match. So whether that's the DeJounte Murray going to Atlanta and, and DeJounte comes back to Brooklyn, uh, maybe Dennis Smith starts getting more time. DSJ is a sneaky pickup ahead of trade rumors. Uh, Luke Kennard, I feel like I got to pat myself on the back, which I would be patting myself on the thoracic spine if if I pat myself on the back. And because I've been touting the Luke Kennard, Luke is the perfect fit for this team. Now, did I think it was going to come all the way in January once the rest of the team was absolutely gone and he was just simply the only man left? No, but I've been saying Luke Kennard on like 20 straight podcasts with you. And uh, it's finally here. He's got a very Joe Ingles type of vibe. He can do it all. He's efficient, threes, points, assists, and minutes. His minutes aren't going anywhere. Uh, I don't think he's going to be traded. A lot of people think contenders are going to come and try and swoop up Luke Kennard. I think the Grizzlies want to keep him around for next year because he's such a perfect fit, going back to what we've been saying the last few weeks. So Kennard's a rest-of-the-season guy. Easily he is. I even drafted him in a couple of leagues with my last pick because and you held I, him. I didn't hold him, but I managed to pick him up again. So oh, um, yeah. yeah, when he because he got the injury and 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 um, I think he came into the season injured. And anyway, I picked him up in two two or three leagues. Um, he's coming off. I think he had eighteen points yesterday. Um, one or two steals, couple of assists, and and yeah, as you said, I think teams might try to get him, but. The Grizzlies bought him in last season, and he was he was, as you said, a perfect fit alongside Jar Morant. So they want to see what this team looks like healthy, which isn't going to happen till next season. So I think they're going to hold on to um, on to Kennard if they can. Now I just googled thoracic uh, oh, spine sprain. I can do that too. It uh, so yeah. I'll read what it says. It's caused okay. when ligaments are torn from their attachments. Both oh. of these can result from a sudden injury or from gradual overuse. Um, I don't remember there being a specific time when this happened in a in a game. It seemed to just pop up out of nowhere. So to me, it feels like this is more of a gradual overuse injury. But when I look at how long does this, this take to heal, it really doesn't clear things up because it says four to 16 weeks. So are we looking at a 10-game absence or are we looking at potentially the rest of the season? We haven't really heard, but... I don't know if you have any thoughts or input on that. It shouldn't be a rest of the season type of injury. Um, of course, I had a thoracic spine surgery, which took a two-year recovery. So I think it'd be multiple seasons in that case. However, uh, the thoracic spine, middle, it's below your neck, above your lumbar, that mm-hmm. area where your rib cage connects. So these ligaments could be 
either in between the bones of the thoracic spine, uh, or they could be kind of in the intercostals, which is between the spine connecting to the ribs, meaning it would kind of hurt to breathe and twist and move. All these explosive movements, any type of spine extension where you're leaning backwards, that is going to cause pain. So, yeah, I might be a fantasy basketball and gambling expert, but I did do some college anatomy, so I know what I'm talking about here. And to me, like they when they um, released their injury report or updated a couple of hours ago, obviously since then we've had more updates, but uh, Obi Toppin was questionable, um, Matherin was questionable, Neesmith was questionable, Halliburton was questionable, Nembhard was out. He was just ruled out. So, um, yeah, to me, I think McConnell... Uh, I'm going to be holding him. I've got him in a couple of leagues, and, and I'm just going to hold him until he bottoms out because even in 18 to 20 minutes, he can get you six or seven assists and two yep. steals, and that's why you picked him up. And doesn't um, hurt you anywhere. And no. then last thing Pacers-related, since you told me their guys were ruled in and because I track these gambling lines all the time, how many points do you think the line shifted from thinking they might play who they are definitely playing the combination of Siakam and Halliburton. You mean the the total like for the for the game? No, like the oh. the, the I'm, I'm thinking more spread. So like the Pacers were five and a half point favorites. Okay. In Portland, they're they're on the road in Portland before the news came out, and then you told me the news and the line moved. So now they are how many point favorites? Um, I don't know. Twelve. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. They said they said the combination of Halliburton and Siakam going from potentially playing to definitely playing was worth three points, which is pretty significant. Okay. Yes. Yeah. See, I, shows my knowledge around betting. Yeah, I this no is my world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the world that I live in. It is. It is. Uh, On to rebounds. Um, I've put in Mason Plumley, another guy that may have been added in a lot of leagues, um, given what we saw in their last game. Uh, Goga Vadadze, we've talked about him. Andre Drummond, he's always going to be on this list for rebounds. I've left Duop Reef there. Um, I'm pretty sure Aiton is playing tonight. He, he's made yes. it through his little snow-related mishap. He So he will be playing. So obviously Reef takes a big hit. He moves back to the bench. But I, I don't know. I'd probably just hold him for at least one game, maybe two, um, because Aiton is certainly no picture of health. He tends to, I don't know, he finds ways to get injured or not play. I don't know how motivated he is. So I just hold Reef and just see. Uh, and then Xavier Tillman, who I've put in here, but I think much like Luke Kennard, I think Tillman has probably been picked up in the majority of competitive leagues now. Yeah. I think you're holding on to Reef because he's Australian. but Maybe I am. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, look, he could, he could play nine minutes tonight and do absolutely nothing. But yeah. um, it's it's like when I won that big bet on the Suns and then decided to roster Chemezi Metu for a week after it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I owed it to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steals, TJ McConnell, we, we talked about him. Chris Dunn, Steals specialist. Xavier Tillman, who's a, a nice sneaky Steals specialist from the center position. Um, you could almost have him in the assists one here as well. I've got him in blocks. He had six assists, I think, yesterday. So basically anything but points. Um, you, you're streaming in Tillman or adding Tillman. Larry Nance, another centre who can get you steals. Uh, and then I've put Martin, and this could be either Martin, Caleb or Cody. They're both 
both good on the defensive end and can get you a couple of steals. Um, anything to add on on the the steals specialists? Uh, I thought I saw Tybalt was dropped in my league, so I think if he's okay, available, yeah. then you could try and go after him. He plays tonight and Sunday, so two of the next three. And Tuesday, there's no Monday, Tuesday back-to-backs next week, everybody. So anyone that you're targeting for, you know, a two games this weekend, as long as they play once Monday or Tuesday, you should be fine. Um, so Matisse Thibel could be a guy. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 we talked about this last week, Adam. There's some good steals specialists this year. There are, yeah. Tyson Daniels, you could go back to the Markel Fultz thing if he's still out there. Yeah, yeah, Fultz is a steals guy. Um, and then on to blocks, Gogi Badadze, we talked about him. Tillman talked about him. Uh, Drummond, I don't know, I popped him on this list. He's not, and, and you could, I guess you could have Plumley on this list as well, but neither are a sort of high-volume blocks guys, despite the fact that they're massive. Um, they don't get a lot of blocks, but they can luck into blocks. Plumley had three blocks in his last game. He'll probably have none for the next week. Um but Drummond can do the same thing. He, he can randomly go off and have three blocks and two steals, uh, even in 15 minutes. Derek Jones, he, he's pretty good at those defensive stats, blocks and steals as well. And Chris Dunn, uh, sneaky blocks from the guard position. He, he, he'll get you close to a block a game. Uh, anyone else for blocks that I've missed here? No, I think that's a good list. I could see I could quickly search in my league who's – eligible but maybe Plumley's available yeah we put him in the rebounds category uh no i think you got yep. it and isaac yep, maybe. i think that's it maybe well yeah and i mean there were a few Ooh, names that i haven't a few names i haven't put on this list because they only play one game so there's some warriors yep. guys that you could look at but they don't have a well we don't know what their schedule looks like at the moment um so maybe yeah, I Fournette because of the three games in yep. four days for Boston and then Horford not playing uh, back-to-back. So Fournette would be one we could add. But I think those guys would be my preferred options too. Yep. Um, that's the end of my slides. Uh, we got through that pretty well. Uh, any, I guess, you're, obviously you're the, the betting schedule DFS guy here. Anything that I've missed, anything we haven't touched on yet that you think uh, is worthwhile discussing? No. no I was thinking about, you know, off, very off topic. All right. I was thinking about doing, like, play breakdowns. You think people would be interested in, like, seeing the actual breakdown of a play and understanding what's going on from a basketball context? Uh, they might. I, I would. I love that stuff. Like I, Can I walk you through one of them and it take me, like, two or three minutes of a recent play from this week and then we'll – I yeah. can share my screen. Yep, absolutely. All right, give me one second to pull it up. But I think of the play that I wanted to talk about was um, Anthony Simon's game winner against yep. the Brooklyn Nets the other day. I thought there was a lot of cool basketball tactical things that were going on in that play. And I feel like it would be cool to break it down and understand. So I'm going to pull up the replay of that play. It's like a 25-second clip. And I want to explain the few things that are happening on it hold on once sorry i will turn off the volume there i'm going to share my screen okay 
And you see, you can see this, you can see the play, right? Yep. All right, so go over here. I just need to be able to see it a little bit better. So, guys, if you're listening, if you're watching, let me know if you're interested in these kind of videos. And I can certainly do more of them and understand kind of the X's and O's and tactically what's going on with some of these plays. We have the uh, Portland Trailblazers and Brooklyn Nets tied the other night as Brogdon inbounds the ball. And Adam, the first thing I want to point out is the action that's going to happen right here. It's going to be between my guy, Tumani Kamara, who we often talk about on the show, and Anthony Simons. And what he's going to do, I will drag it up so we can see it slowly. What he's going to do is he's going to come set a high screen and try and create space. Now, the first thing that this is going to do is create is force Brooklyn to make the first decision. Now, What's going to happen? What are the three options from this inbound low post screen? First is that they are trying to get Cam Johnson right here to switch on to Anthony Simons. Ideally, the Portland Trailblazers want to pull Mikael Bridges away as the primary defender, and they would prefer to ISO against Cam Johnson. So they're going to try and get them to switch or force Brooklyn to fight over the screen. So those are the two options. The third option on this play would be, say Cam Johnson and Bridges have a slight miscommunication and they both start following Simons out as Simons comes out here. If they both start following him, then Brockton has an easy pass right here to Kamara for the dunk. So there's three options on this play. Are you going to switch? Are you going to fight through? Or is there potentially going to be a blown coverage? So then we start to see it play out. And they bump into each other, but ultimately Bridges is able to fight through and get to where he is. So even though the Nets uh, were forced to make a decision, they get the right decision here and they make the play. Now let's go back and see one more thing that's going on here. Right as this screen starts to be set, we see Jeremy Grant over here in the corner who's got Nicholas Claxton on him. Now, if you watch Brooklyn Nets basketball, you know Claxton is their center, their rim protector, their rebounder. So in a play like this, Adam, we are going to try and pull Claxton away from the rim. So what is Grant going to do? He's going to come out here on this three-point line, be as far from the rim as possible. And then as the action starts to come towards him, he's going to do what's called a duke cut, which is going down baseline and then to the opposing three-point line. So he's going to come around, and we're watching Jeremy Grant uh, here in the corner. And that gets Claxton to start to pull to the other side as Simons comes over. You see where I'm saying this? Following me? Okay. So what's really going on here is as soon as Jeremy Grant starts to cross here and get to the other side, this should now become Cam Johnson's responsibility right here to be the closeout guy on both of these. And Claxton should retreat back and be able to rim protect. Because of the time in the situation, we have 3.8 seconds. If Simons is going to pass the ball, it's going to have to be a catch and shoot. And because of that, Cam Johnson is going to be able to close out on either one. There's not going to be a multi-action here because we have 14 seconds left on the shot clock. So we need to have some situational awareness of what's going on. So Claxton gets a step lost right there. So we have this action where Jeremy Grant runs the Duke cut, goes from one three-point line to the other. And Claxton gets a little bit too deep. Now, last thing we got going on here, Adam, is Mikhail Bridges at the top of the key. And you see him start to wave his arms. He is calling for help. He's calling for help. Right? We see that? 
He starts waving that arm. Come help me. And then he's going to play Simons to his left hand, his weak hand, while he asks for help defense to cut, come in. But meanwhile, Claxton is getting a little bit buried too deep. Cam Johnson thinks he's responsible for these shooters. And ultimately, Dinwiddie is going to start making the help motion that Bridges calls for. Dinwiddie doesn't have the best cutting angle. Cam Johnson knows that his responsibility now becomes to either step up since Dinwiddie's the one to help. Cam Johnson's going to have to step up to watch out for Brogdon. It's going to cause Claxton to have to be aware of these guys. And they're all going to get caught too deep and leave this space a little open. Simons is able to work through and Claxton realizes right now, oh no, I was one step too deep. And the teardrop is able to get up right over him and in for the win. You could see Bridges catch the ball after immediately look around like, damn, my help defense was nowhere to be found. So if we start to see it all happen together, just a few seconds in the NBA world, but that could be an eternity when smart coaches like Chauncey Billups are drawing up plays like these where you will see the inbound screen, the dupe cut by Jeremy Grant on the side, ultimately Bridges calling for help, the defense collapsing, and Simons getting the shot off for the win. Now, I was thinking about doing some more stuff like that. I don't know if people find it interesting. I personally love it. And uh, I cashed a nice under on that game. <laughs> yeah. I, I was able to win my bet. Yeah, I, I, I love all that stuff. We don't get to talk about that enough in fantasy. And it's not really relevant to fantasy because we're just looking at stats purely. But, I mean, it's relevant in the background because obviously you've got key players. And and if you watch that, where where you started talking about the, the screen and what, what what's the defense going to do, and they did get a little bit confused. As you said, they sort of bumped into each other. Bridges managed to fight over that screen. But was it? Uh, Tamani Kamara was act- he was pretty open there for like a good few up. seconds at, at the start um, for sort of a mid range. He could have had a mid range shot, but they didn't even really look at him. So if yeah, you look right after here. there, right yeah. If Brogdon makes that pass right as Johnson and Bridges bump into yep. each other, that's potentially an easy dunk with five seconds left. It is, yeah, but they didn't even look. Like no. this is we're looking for. We want it in Simon's hands. And that's where it's relevant in fantasy because you know, obviously, Simons is at the top when they look at who do we want the ball, who 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 do we want handling the ball, who is our go-to guy. It's not Kamara, it's Simons. So obviously we know Simons is, is a an elite sort of guy and, and he's, he's right at the top of their pecking order. But in another situation with a team where you've got two guys and you're not really sure how they're viewed, you could watch something like this and go, they're running this play for this player. We know how they view him compared to someone else potentially. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I love that stuff. Like I, I have a, a friend who's a coach and he's been, he was my coach growing up and we, we're good friends. And when I go and have lunch with him, which is, I don't know, somewhat regular, that's exactly what we talk about. We talk about, we watch a lot of college basketball and, and he, he doesn't like the NBA because he's very old school and, um, he prefers the NBA from 20, 30 years ago when we grew up playing. And, and so he likes a lot of the stuff he runs with his teams now. He's based on watching college basketball, not NBA. Um, do you watch universities there or do you watch 
NCAA no. college basketball. Yeah, college basketball isn't a thing here. Um, really? Okay. So, I mean, I mean I'm sure it exists, but it's n- nothing like the US. Do you watch or follow the Australian league? The just the national league, yes. Yeah. Yep. Do you do you recognize the name Brian Vokel? No. He was a good friend of mine growing up, and he played in the Australian League for like I think he might be a inbound Hall of Famer. He was like averaging double doubles and triple doubles in the Australian League. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll look him up and have a look. But yes, no, I, don't, I watched two two of the um, local like National League here. I watched two games last night. Um, we've got some young, good young players. Obviously, Lamelo Ball came through the NBL. Um, Jay Sean Tate came through the NBL. So there's more and more guys. Josh Giddy came from the NBL. Uh, he was He's obviously Australian, so a little bit different. And then we've got guys playing here now who have been, like Matthew Delabadova is still playing here, Aaron Baines. Oh, wow. um, so guys that, that have uh, – Jock Landale was here last year, I want to say, maybe the year before. So certainly growing in terms of popularity and where it sits, I think, globally. Um, it, it's viewed as a, a much stronger league than it was even five to ten years ago. So, uh, Well, if we want to get one of the players on the show, I, I could probably make that happen. He plays for the team Perth. Perth R is what I see right here. Okay. Perth are good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. They, they've been probably a top four team for the last 25 years. They're always good, Perth. Well, he's getting 37 minutes a night last season for them. Okay, so maybe he play. How do you spell his name? Uh, v o e l k e l. Vocal, vocal, vocal is how you pronounce it. V o e l k e l e l. There he is. Oh, yep. Yeah, we'll bring him on the show one of these days. Perth R. Who is Perth R? Because Perth R is not so Perth. The Perth team here that plays in the National League is the Perth Wildcats. Um, so I'm wondering who Perth are. Um, is it is it the oh Perth Redbacks? Okay, and so they might be. It might be the, the it might be the next level down. Anyway, I'll have a look. That's that's not something to look at on the show. But interesting. Six minutes. If you guys are still here hanging out with us, we appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that will do. We've we've left you about half an hour to go and make some ads and streams and have a look at who's available on your on your waiver wire. Um, what I know you you've got your two shows now uh, per week. Let people know about what what's happening on your shows. Yeah, on Sundays or Mondays, I'll go live. Uh, trying to figure it'll be it'll be Sundays after football, but maybe during football it still might be Mondays. But once a week, we're going to be doing episodes of Check Ball on the stream on my show, The Advantage. Last week, we talked about Spolstra's extension, some of the other coach rants, uh, Bronny James and LeBron being on a signed basketball card together, and how much would you pay for that? So we just have some fun general NBA discussions. They are not fantasy-based. They are not betting-based. And then on Wednesdays on the stream, I always do a betting breakdown. So, of course, I'll talk about every game happening on those high-volume Wednesday nights and break down all the best betting angles and where my money is on those games. We have been absolutely dominating. Adam, this has been by far my best season so far, record-wise. There's been a lot of great seasons. This one is the best. 
Uh, so I suggest anyone listening to tune in to those streams because we can, we can watch our money make money in the NBA. Yep, that's what we want to do. Um, I've got, obviously, this show, which will be every Friday evening, afternoon now. Uh, my Thursday show, which is, well, it airs live here in Australia at about uh, 8 p.m., uh, which is like 4 a.m. Eastern in, in the States. So we had a lot of people watching, though, the other night. Uh, that's me along with Matty G from Insight Fantasy Sports. And then we have a sort of a rotating third guest and uh, we have a couple of beers and just chat about uh, some hypothetical trades. And we have an, another guest, obviously, on the show, uh, your your dog, LeBron. She's crying. She's like, are you done yet? I'm like, all right, yeah, we're finally done. Yeah, we're done. Uh, and then I'll be starting an um, NBA Monday show as well. So this week I think I've got possibly Rhett Bauer coming on. Uh, Alex Reclean is oh, going to be the goat. Yeah. Um, Noah Rubin's going to be coming on. So I'll just be cycling through some some guests, probably Kayla Fonte as well, who I had on my show last week. Um, I'll get her on again. So, yeah, that'll be a, a show that we do live before the games tip off on the Monday just to have a look at what's coming up for the next seven days. Um, so, no, Power fun time for FBI. Yep. Uh, all right. Thanks for coming on. I'm going to let you go and walk your dog. Uh, I'm going to finish eating my breakfast. Remember to check out all of our content, YouTube, on Twitter, apparently, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, thumbs up, subscribe, everything. We would love that. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.